Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Traditional Martial Arts Podcast. There's a well-known motivational poster that reads, A Journey of a Thousand Miles Begins with a Single Step. And nowhere is that statement so true as it is in the martial arts. The journey of a martial artist begins with an interest and a curiosity, which becomes that proverbial single step, whether it was to call the school, walk into the school, email the school. That interest that it has been piqued is the first step in this journey. And I like to use the term journey because it, it, that's what it is. It's a lifelong uh, path that really, I mean, like with anything, it takes a while to understand the, the fine points of no matter what art you were studying. It really is. And one of the best pieces of advice I can give is to savor and enjoy the journey because there's going to be a lot of things that you discover about yourself along the way. It's not all about just blocks and kicks and punches and throws and uh, kata or, or forms. It's about the things that you discover about yourself because in, in the end, this really is a journey. So hop aboard and we're going to get started. Hello, everybody. What got you started in the martial arts? We all start this journey in the martial arts for different reasons. No two persons' journeys are the same. I believe that each person's journey into the martial arts is a personal journey. The martial arts, to me, is about personal development. My desire to study and learn martial arts started when I was about seven or eight years old. My parents had put me in a bowling league on Saturday mornings. They wanted to get me out of the house, get me involved into something else outside of riding my bike outside, you know, and playing around the neighborhood. They wanted to get me involved in some sort of a, a team sport, so to speak. Bowling is kind of like a team sport as you're on a team, but it's also individual. And they felt that getting me out of the house, getting me involved in something like that would be good for various reasons. The exercise, the social interaction. We lived in kind of a rural area. Where we lived, there there wasn't a bunch of kids that were right around my age. They were either significantly younger were significantly older than myself. So they just wanted to get me out, get me active. They didn't want me sitting around the house, you know, watching TV all day. Back then there was no internet. There was no video games, so to speak of. You may have one of these handheld electronic games that ran off of uh, batteries, but there was nothing like we have today with the Xbox and the PlayStation and all that nonsense. So when I came home from bowling on Saturday mornings, uh, 
typically I would get home between 11 and 12. So at that point, the Saturday morning cartoons were over. Now, this may come as a shock for some of the younger folks. At one point in time, cartoons were typically only played on Saturday mornings. They started about 7.30, 8 o'clock, and they ran up to somewhere right around lunchtime. But that was when you saw your cartoons. Occasionally, you would have them like after school, you know, for a short period of time, you know, from, say, like three to five or whatever. But mainly, if you wanted to watch cartoons, you got up early on a Saturday morning. You made yourself a bowl of Frosted Flakes or whatever, and you parked yourself in front of the television and you watched your cartoons. Yeah, imagine that. Now, we have a whole entire network dedicated just running cartoons. But I digress. So I would come home from bowling usually, you know, 11, 30, 12, somewhere right around that time. And I would go in and, you know, grab lunch or whatever and do something. Well, one afternoon, I came in. I made myself a a sandwich of some sort and went into the living room and turned on the TV and started flipping the channels. Usually Saturdays, uh, you know, afternoons or whatever, I would watch pro wrestling. Don't judge. Um, And I would sit there and I would watch that while I ate my lunch. So I flipped it around, found the pro wrestling and was sitting there eating my sandwich. Then it happened. Immediately after the pro wrestling, there was Kung Fu Action Theater. The first Kung Fu flick I saw that day was a movie called The Five Deadly Venoms. And bang, I was hooked. I was so entranced by this Kung Fu action that I was seeing on my television. The kicks, the punches, the flying through the air. I wanted to do that. I was seven or eight years old. I didn't know anything about the wires and the cables that were attached to these folks. All I saw were these people flying through the air, delivering these ridiculously high flying side kicks and the sounds of the punches and the blocks and the strikes. Um, I wanted to do that. So next Saturday after bowling, there I was. Parked in front of the television. I couldn't wait for the wrestling to get off. I wanted to watch the Kung Fu Action Theater. And the next Saturday was a movie called The Crippled Avengers. I couldn't wait for it to get started. So after you know a week or two of watching this, I went and asked my parents if I could take Kung Fu lessons. They looked at me like I was cross-eyed. And they told me that... Uh, We would talk about it when the bowling league ended. The bowling league usually ran from like September, October, late late September, early October until uh, late spring, like April or May, just like a few weeks before school let out. So it was essentially, if you want to think about it, the entire school year. I I didn't know what to do. It, it wasn't even mid-December yet. It wasn't even close to Christmas. Oh, the agony. I had to wait all that long time to do what I wanted to do. I wanted to take Kung Fu lessons. So at this point, looking back, I can really relate to Ralphie in A Christmas Story. 
I really wanted to learn Kung Fu so bad. I had even written a letter to Santa Claus, left it out for my parents to see. At that point, I knew all about Santa. But I figured the right eyes would see it and they would kind of get the message across. Months later, my parents finally decided to, they were starting to soften up. And they were starting to consider the idea, but where would I take these lessons? There was no internet, as this was like 1980, 1981-ish. So there was none of that. There was no internet. Uh, If you wanted to find something like that, where did you go? You used the phone book. So I went and grabbed the phone book and started thumbing through the looking for Kung Fu schools. There was nothing listed under Kung Fu. There was things listed under K for karate, but there was nothing listed under Kung Fu. So then I scrolled through martial arts, went to the M's, and I found a few more schools. But much to my dismay, there were no Kung Fu schools, so to speak. There were a few schools that were uh, Taekwondo, and a Hapkido Institute. And there was just what was, you know, a plain karate school, whatever that may be. But there was no Kung Fu Fu schools uh, listed in the phone book. And then one day, it happened. Saturday afternoon, I'm sitting there watching Kung Fu Action Theater, and I saw a commercial for a Kung Fu school. It was brief. And I got the phone number, but that was all I needed. So I went and asked my parents again. I had the phone number written down. I had all my ducks in a row. I went and asked him. I begged and pleaded. Finally, we called the school and found out where they were located. They were three counties away. Now, mind you, I saw this ad on television The broadcast area for this television station was rather large, living in the Baltimore-Washington metropolitan area. This television station was a station located in D.C. It stretched into the Baltimore region. And the school that was advertising on this during Kung Fu Action Theater was uh, three counties away. Uh, Looking at it now, if I were to drive it from where my childhood home was, it was probably an hour and 20, hour and 30 minute ride one way. That wasn't going to happen. My parents were creatures of convenience. So I ended up at this Korean karate school. They taught... um, It was a Taekwondo, but they did Taekwondo, Hapkido, Rangdo. I I teased my son about it when he started getting karate. You're going to go to a school that you're going to learn all the do's. But I ended up signing a contract for six months. This was kind of like a chain franchise school. Um, The school wasn't very good looking back on it at the time uh even towards the end of my six-month agreement uh the school wasn't very good um you got a new belt every month 
essentially. Um, in fact, if you signed an agreement for, uh, I believe it was 18 months, was the longest agreement they offered it at one time. You were guaranteed to be, to be a black belt by the end of 18 months. You signed that agreement. You walked in. You signed that paper. On that day, you were starting your journey to the black belt. And by the end of the 18 months, by the end of your contract, agreement, whatever you want to call it, you were going to be a black belt. No ands, if or buts. So that kind of, I, I became disillusioned. I didn't really like it. I mean, it was kind of crazy. There was a lot of crazy stuff going on in the school. There very little instruction. Um, essentially, you could do the techniques as lackadaisical as possible. Um, half the time, the students weren't even participating in, even when he did a test. And I use the word test uh, very loosely at this point. Uh you were going to pass. You paid your your fee for your testing fee. You were going to pass. And I believe the testing fee was like 20 bucks. It was 20 bucks for a belt level and for a belt test, except for the black belt. And the black belt was like $75. But if you paid your money, you were going to pass. Um, I became very disillusioned, very disinterested. Um, so when my six-month... Uh, agreement was, I didn't renew, I didn't re-up. I ended up getting a paper route instead. Um, I saved up my money. I was still watching the Kung Fu Action Theater in the, on Saturday afternoons. And a few years later, I was working part-time in, at a grocery store, and I still had the paper route. And then a Kung Fu school opened about five miles from my house. So once I found out that this Kung Fu school opened up, I would literally, I would hop on my bike and I would ride down. It was five miles one way. And I would kind of, I guess it's kind of creepy to think about now, but I would actually stand outside or I would sit on my bike outside and, and watch through the window. And I'd watch the class. This happened two or three times. I would sit there and I'd watch the classes. I finally got the nerve up to walk in and ask about the classes. Um, I kept seeing the same people coming in and out. It looked really good. It was definitely what I wanted to do. Um, it was like 45 bucks a month. And you could take up to eight classes a week for Kung Fu. I think if you paid another 20 bucks a month, you could also, he offered Tai Chi classes. I think for an additional 20 bucks a month, you could take a Tai Chi class. So I was hooked. I walked in. I liked what I saw. I was liking what I was seeing. I walked in and they had this really nice traditional, what I consider traditional martial arts decor for a dojo or a coon or whatever you prefer to call your school. I really liked it. I was hooked. So I ended up giving my newspaper gig two weeks notice. I then went to the bank, withdrew my money and I went in, I paid for a year in advance and I absolutely loved it. It was Northern Shaolin style of Kung Fu. It was very, very traditional. He was a very rigid instructor. No nonsense. 
Um, the instructor, he preferred to be called Shifu, spent time in China training with the Chinese national team. He also had an agreement with some other instructors who were, I believe at this point, looking back on it, I think they were trying to get their school started. They were trying to build a following by renting some space out in his school. And they were teaching classes such as Taekwondo, which you could you could take those as well for an additional fee. But I really focused on the, the Shaolin. I absolutely loved it. I spent about two years there and loved every minute of it. It was everything that I thought it was. Now, it wasn't flying through the air or anything like that, but it was really cool. It was very disciplined uh, style of instruction. He was a no-nonsense instructor. And really, that's what part of the martial arts is. You go there, you go there for some discipline. It needs to be rigid. Somebody needs to ride. That's why you hire a personal trainer to ride you, to push you, to make you better. Um, I, life changes ended up happening. Some different things changed in my life. I ended up having to get a, a, a more of a steady income job rather than just working part-time at the grocery store. Um, so being a cash-strapped individual, when my agreement was up after my second year, I stopped attending with every intentions of going back once I got on a better financial footing. The school closed up about a year after I stopped attending. I would drop by from time to time and I went by there and there was, you know, basically newspaper up in the window and a four lease sign there. So it was kind of disappointing. After about three years of not training in the martial arts, I finally found a school, again, that was close to my house and delved into it. It was a Chinese Kempo school. I really enjoyed this. It had some of the traditional Shaolin stuff that I really liked. It was more flowing like Shaolin, but it was the self-defense techniques were seemingly brutal compared to the Shaolin. I mean, this was like combining... Northern Shaolin or Shaolin Kung Fu with Ed Parker Kempo Karate. I mean, it was, it was, seemed to be very effective and I had a lot of fun. Um, as time went on, the instructor was phasing out the Chinese Kempo into, he started phasing into a Filipino martial arts style. Um, so the Chinese Kempo classes, instead of all his classes being Chinese Kempo, he started shrinking those class offerings and started expanding into the Filipino martial arts. Um, I really didn't particularly like that. I really liked the traditional style. I, I, I just liked that a lot. It was more to my liking. And I eventually, when my agreement was up, I stopped attending and a few years later, I ended up taking up Dos Perry's Arnis. I really liked that as well. It was fun. It was fast. I kind of liked you know, starting off instantly. First day of class, you're starting off with a weapon in your hand. You didn't have to work up with that. And the idea behind that is the weapons 
translate into the open-handed art. It's essentially the same thing. And the sticks, your, your weapons, are essentially an extension of your hand. And I really like that art as well. But my work schedule made it difficult to attend classes on a regular basis. So I took some time off from the martial art. Uh, a few years. I missed it. I enjoyed it. Often thought a lot about it. I still subscribed for a long period of time to Black Belt Magazine and still continued to watch the Kung Fu Action Theater. They took that off the air. And then years later, the El Ray TV network started, I believe it was on Wednesday or Thursday nights, did like a Kung Fu action theater where they would run two or three Kung Fu movies. I still enjoy watching those movies. Uh, eventually I started, uh, I saw an ad. I forget where I saw the ad for training at home, Shotokan Karate. You could earn your black belt at home. And it was a, a DVD series. You paid one price. You could work your way up. You could submit a video test to the instructor. They would grade you. And I bought the, the DVD series and started working through it. But I wasn't really dedicated to it. And then I ended up having a stroke. And some of that was... You know, I just wasn't taking my health seriously. And during my time at home, I started looking at those Shotokan Karate DVDs and started going through some of the exercises to try to get myself back up to speed. I did physical therapy and all that stuff, you know, when I first got out of the hospital. I had very limited use of my left side. I did the physical therapy, but at a certain point, the insurance quits paying. Then you have to pay the copay out of pocket, which was like $30 a session. Some of the exercises I could do at home. So I started doing the Black Belt at Home DVD series stuff. And uh, eventually, I ended up seeing this ad online, and I forget where. I saw the ad for it, but the Black Belt at Home became a global martial arts university. I liked what I was seeing on the DVDs, but this was a little bit more involved and put together. Everything was logged into the website. You didn't have to write anything down. You watched the class. It logged your time training. There was a section where you could go in. If you practice offline and were doing your kata or whatever, you could go and enter that in. It would track all your hours. You had to track us. You had to practice a certain number of hours before you were even eligible to test. You videotaped yourself through the requirements. You uploaded them to the site. Somebody graded your, your video test. They would send you feedback back. This is what you need to correct. Please resubmit. And you would get a belt. But you, it, it wasn't, you know, you pay your money, you get a belt. 
You had to put in the work. You had to show the technique. You had to show you know what you're doing, just like you were at, at attending a physical school, but without all the requirements of getting up, driving to the school. Uh, it was really nice. You could do it anywhere. I really liked it. Knee injuries from my stroke forced me to take some time off and stop. I resumed it probably eight to ten months later. And then they all started offering Muay Thai. was always interested in the art of uh, Thai kickboxing. I would watch them a lot of the, a lot of the Thai kickboxing matches, how brutal these matches were, how great conditioned these athletes were in these Thai kickboxing matches. So I signed up. Talk about an amazing workout. I mean, it's just fantastic workout. Coach Nick from Global Martial Arts University, he's amazing. Um, from there, I started taking a Bojutsu class, Ultimate Bow. Sensei Michael, Sensei Nathan, they're phenomenal. I absolutely love it. I also do a boot camp workout for martial artists called Combat Strong. That is a phenomenal workout as well. These things, the Muay Thai, the, the Bojitsu, the Combat Strong Boot Camp workout, they've really been getting me through this pandemic. It's been very tough with everything locked down. My wife having to work from home, me being stuck working from home, my two teenage kids having to do school from home, all four of us home at the same time, trying to get stuff done in a stressful situation. My work gets stressful. My wife works. My wife's job gets stressful. Uh, the kids trying to do their assignments, do distance learning, gets very stressful. Them having to learn this system. We, us having to learn their school system is very stressful. The before I could ride up to the gym and hop on the treadmill or whatever to burn off that stress, I would have that drive to work. I would have that drive home to decompress. All that stuff went away. My outlet for getting rid of this stress and anxiety and really clearing my mind and my putting my focus back on the things that are important have been my martial arts workouts. I, they have been an oasis through this whole pandemic, uh, COVID-19 crisis. And I, I don't know where I would be without it. Kung Fu Flick of the Week. This week we are featuring The Crippled Avengers, a 1978 Shaw Brothers classic. Three men are crippled by an evil warlord, become friends, and learn Kung Fu with the help of an old teacher and his idiot pupil. This movie can be seen currently on Amazon Prime Video. 
At times, it's been available on Netflix as well. The movie can be purchased on eBay as well as ordered through Amazon. I'm sure there's other places that it can be seen, but for now, for this episode, it can definitely be watched on Prime Video. Recently, I purchased a a new bow staff. I really wanted a good traditional style octagon shaped bow staff. Um, finding a, a bow staff that I really liked was kind of difficult. A, a lot of the ones that I have been able to find were the toothpick style bows that are really almost made out of like pine or something. They're extremely light. I wanted something that was a little beefier. I really wanted something that was the shape of an octagon rather than round. I really didn't want one that was tapered. I just really wanted something different and unique. I felt that the octagon shaped staff would really be easy to hold on to. Uh, Doing a Google search for research, I found a few different um, folks outlets that were making uh, good handcrafted bows. Uh, the one that really I liked the idea of was made in Texas by a company called Purple Heart Armory. They uh, they really liked what I, I liked what I saw on their site. Um, the one that I ended up purchasing was an inch and a quarter hickory. It The thing is built like a tank. I, when it arrived, I was completely blown away by how big and sturdy. And I mean, this thing is really uh, well, it well exceeded my expectations. You can find these folks at woodenswords.com. They have all kinds of different training weapons for various martial arts, from training knives and swords and axes and spears. Um, and by no, I'm not being compensated by any means. I just, when I come across something that I really like, it's top quality workmanship. Um, I, I, I just like to put it out there. So if you're into martial arts and you're looking for, some sort of uh, a weapon like a staff or some training gear, check these folks out. It's really nice. Um, I will be ordering another one. Um, The one I purchased was a five-foot bow staff. I needed that for working indoors due to the ceiling height. I plan on ordering another one, a six-foot one, for, for when I work outside. It's, I'm definitely getting one. They exceeded my expectations. Please check these guys out. They're fantastic. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the traditional martial arts podcast. Uh, We enjoyed bringing it to you and we hope you subscribe and tune in. So you stay notified of the next episode of the traditional martial arts podcast. Thank you. Have a great day. (laughs) 